Question for you. When was the last time that you celebrated someone's birthday? I, I got three of, in my, three of them in my family just today, actually. So why do we celebrate a birthday? Why do we do that? Well, for two reasons. Number one, we're celebrating a very important past event, aren't we? The birth of the person, right? Their entrance into this world, pretty important. But two, we also celebrate the person, right? The person who means so much to us, the person uh, that we have a relationship with, right? Same thing with Easter. We come together on this particular day to celebrate, to celebrate, number one, a past event. I dare say the most important event in the history of the human race. Amen? But not only this past event of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but we also celebrate the current Jesus, someone who means so much to us, someone that we can have a relationship with. So I want to entitle the message this morning, Then and Now. Then and now. First, let's look at the event. Luke 24, beginning at verse 1. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, and did not find the body of Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Moving on to John Chapter 19, we can't leave it there, right? On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So why is this event, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the most important event in history? Well, because the resurrection did two things. First of all, it proved that Jesus is who he said he is. Right? He said in John chapter 10, verse 17, he said, I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. By rising from the dead, Jesus proved that he was indeed the Son of God, that he did have that authority and that power of God to rise from death. Death proven, confirmed by a Roman spear thrust into his side and into his heart. Something no one had ever done before raised himself from the grave. And number two, not only did he prove that he was who he said he is, uh, number two, when the impossible happened, just as he said, it proved his truthfulness, didn't it? It proved then that everything else he said 
was also true. Think about it for a minute. Let's say I told you that I was part of an advanced civilization living on Mars and I came here 300 years ago. You'd say, Pastor Ron, what have you been smoking, right? <laughs> you, you say, well, he, he's been a pretty stand-up guy, but I think he's lost it. Uh, Kate, you know, what's going on with this guy? So what if I said, well, let me tell you, next Thursday, I, I'm going to be involved in a hit-and-run accident and I'm going to lose my right arm. But not to worry. In three days, it's going to grow back. You're going, oh, man, we, we got to get this guy to a doctor, right? So let's say next Thursday it happens. I get sideswiped right out here on Main Street, and you come visit me in the hospital. Sure enough, I'm without my right arm. Three days later, I walk up to you and say, how you doing, and shake your hand. I mean, think about your reaction once you got over the shock of seeing this arm grown back. What would you think about Mars? Right? Nobody on Earth can grow an arm back, right? So the, the, the impossible happening, just as I said, is going to validate the rest of my story, isn't it? So in the same way, Jesus rising from the grave validated everything else he said. Everything that he told us about himself and about God and about man and about sin and about judgment and about eternal life. It's all true, validated by this one event. That was, that was the, I, have, have you thought, what if he had just died on the cross and that would have been it? Ever thought about that? Why, why, why the resurrection? All right. If he would have just died on a Roman cross, would he have still been a, a wonderful teacher? A great moral teacher? Sure. What about the miracles and stuff? Well, gee, I, I think after 2,000 years, it'd probably been legend by now, wouldn't it? But the resurrection changed everything. Jesus said that he would pour out his blood for the sins of mankind. And whoever believed in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. The resurrection proved that that is true. So why is Christ's resurrection so important? It proved that Jesus is who he says he is, and it proved that you and I can be saved, that we can have eternal life through faith in Him. So we celebrate, right, the resurrection. But how do we know? How do we know that Christ really rose from the grave? Well, that's another full message in and of itself. And for that, let me recommend the very well-researched works of Josh McDowell and Lee Strobel. Okay? Books. Um, but for me, for me, there's, there's just a couple of things that really clinch it. Number one, um, both the Jews and the Romans had a big stake in refuting the resurrection, didn't they? The Jewish leaders, because they had handed him over as a false prophet. Okay? So that wouldn't have been good for them. The, the Romans, the mighty Romans, right, that, that basically ruled the world at that time. What would it have been like for them to lose a dead prisoner from a guarded tomb? 
doesn't look too good, right? They had plenty of cause to prove that this was false. And scholars tell us that the Gospels were written uh, anywhere between 8 and 30 years after the cross. Plenty of time for the Jewish leaders to uh, look for a body. Plenty of time for them to prove, to show to the whole world, this tomb isn't empty, there he is, right? Couldn't do it. Plenty of time, again, for them to find a body that the ragtag group of disciples would have hidden somewhere if, indeed, they could have stolen it away from a highly trained Roman guard, well-armed. Doubtful. Doubtful, doubtful, doubtful. Impossible. Okay. Uh, the other thing for me is this. Think about the change in the disciples. Here they were after Jesus died and was buried. What did they do? They, they, they ran and hid, didn't they? In fear of their lives. And then suddenly they go out and start preaching the resurrection. Suddenly, at the, literally putting their lives on the line, they're emboldened to go out. Right? For something they knew was a hoax? Not hardly. Not hardly. And the third one for me is, is personal, and that is the activity of the risen Christ in my own life. Can I get a witness? Anybody else can say that this morning? His personal revelation of himself to me, how he has worked in my life over the last 40 years. Absolutely undeniable to me. So, today we celebrate this past event, this incredibly important event that has revealed to us the truth about life and about God and about us being able to be saved and share eternal life with Him. But today, we also celebrate a person, right? Now, we celebrate a person, a person that we can have a relationship with, even though he's someone that we cannot see, right? First, uh, First Peter 1.8, Peter says this, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and full of glory. Jesus himself said in John 17:3, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. You see, eternal life is not a destination called heaven. You realize that. Eternal life, according to Jesus, is a relationship that starts here and now and ends up in heaven. Jesus is someone that we can interact with, that we can have a relationship, someone who's involved with in our daily lives, someone who reminds us as often as we will listen that we are loved, that we are accepted, that we are valued, not because of what we have, not because of what we can do, just because of who we are. Jesus is someone who helps us in life. He gives us wisdom. He gives us direction. He gives us strength to do the right thing and to overcome in times of challenge and trial. 
in this world that you and I live in that can be crazy stressful, He gives us peace, promising that He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He's got our back. Amen? And even when the trials come, even when the challenges come, never promises that life is going to be perfect. But He says, I'm going to take all those things and ultimately work them together for your good. And I, for one, after 40 years, can tell you that he is faithful to his promises. You know, when I was growing up, and maybe it was the same for you, there seemed to be a general sense that the future had hope. Right? Not that nothing bad was going on in the world or anything else, but you always had this feeling, at least I did, that there's, there's, the future holds promise. There is hope. I'm not seeing that today. I'm seeing most people walking around just waiting for the other shoe to drop, waiting for the new virus, waiting for the new war, waiting for the new economic downturn, waiting for the next personal crisis in their lives. There is a tremendous vacuum of hope in our society today. Jesus is our rock. Jesus is the one who gives us peace in the midst of the storm. He is the constant in all of the change. He is our hope when all earthly hope is gone. So, Jesus, the risen Christ, not just back then, but now. He is, the Bible says, the friend that sticks closer than a brother. So yes, today... Today we celebrate. We celebrate an incredible past event that teaches us about life and eternal life with God and glory. Teaches us that we can be unburdened of our sins. Live with Him forever as His children. Have that relationship with Him in life that sustains us day after day after day. And we celebrate the person, someone we can know, someone we can talk to, someone we can interact with, someone who speaks to us in our hearts, someone who reveals truth to us through his word and gets us through the tough times and fills us with peace and security and joy, even in the midst of problems. We celebrate the then, we celebrate the now. Just one question remains as I close this morning. The Bible says, They that believe in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. It says, Those who receive Him, He gives the power to become the children of God. The question this morning is, Have you believed? Have you received? It's not complicated. Right? All we have to do Open our hearts and say, Jesus, go ahead, go ahead this morning. Just bow your heads with me. Bow your heads with me. Just say, Jesus, 
Jesus, I am opening my heart to you. I've come to understand this morning. It's, it's finally clear to me. You rose. You proved it. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And I want to come to you with my sin for that cleansing, for that forgiveness. I want to come to you, Lord, and ask you for that relationship. I want you in my life. I want to be in your life. I want to know your peace and your strength and your joy because nothing else is working, Lord. So be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my friend. And I thank you this day for my salvation. and give you the praise and the glory. In your awesome name I pray. Amen and amen.